Welcome to The Practice, a podcast dedicated to unpacking the challenges and joys of being human in this unprecedented time. Each episode will delve into a different aspect of the practice of living with the goal of leaving you empowered to go out into the world as your best self embodied. Hello, and thank you so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Brooke Davidson. And today I'm coming at you with one of those topics that is perpetually relevant, body image. So not only is body image something that I hold near and dear due to my own personal experience, but it's also a topic that's been requested by a couple different followers of this podcast. So I'm extra excited to chat with you all about it today. If we look at body image and we think about it in the broadest sense, it really comes down to how we judge what our physical body looks like and is capable of. And usually this is heavily influenced by whatever trends exist in our society at the moment. So for example, throughout history, there've been periods of time where very thin figures have been put on a pedestal. And then there have been times where very curvaceous figures have been put on a pedestal. And the important thing to recognize is that these trends are just that. They are trends. And trends are typically fueled by whatever might help the industry. So things have to be changing, right? If if the same thing was in style throughout all of history, then businesses would go out of business because everyone would eventually have their product and they would be sated and there would be no need for something new. This is true of body image as well. Oftentimes what is in style promotes us to eat a certain way or buy certain gear or certain clothing and engage in certain activities. And so body image in that way really stems from just whatever allows an industry to potentially be successful. And I think it's important that we recognize that just so that as we approach this topic, we are able to clearly see that what is in style really just benefits industry. It doesn't actually benefit humanity. And as soon as we make that distinction, we open up the door to recognize that the next level, the next facet of body image is internal then. So we have the external influences of industry and the first internal influence is going to be that of control. So a lot of times we turn to controlling the physical body because it's tangible and there can be hard data associated with it, such as counting calories or stepping onto a scale and seeing the number that reads out or maybe gauging our physical ability. I personally experienced anorexia in my teenage years and that was one of the biggest factors of my experience was the desire to have more control over my life. There were so many things out of my control most notably at that point anyway, was the prevalence of how I could not control other people's opinions of me. And I really struggled with accepting that. And a way to, you know, 
obviously in a disconnected, unhealthy manner, um, address that was for me to try to take extra control on a realm I could actually have some influence. And the physical body was right there and waiting for me. And so one thing that I've noticed in healing from that experience is the importance of separating ourselves from the physical body, recognizing that all it is is a vehicle for ourselves. The fact that we can even observe the physical body proves that. It shows us that it is not us. It's just a component of our physical experience on this earth. So one way to start reframing that is instead of referencing to the body as, oh, my body or um, my experience, etc., this body, this experience. So for example, this body is feeling hungry or this ankle is sore or whatever. It, it might seem minor and it might feel really silly and awkward at the start, but as we begin to make that distinction in our language and in our thought processes, we start to suddenly feel that distinction and we begin to maybe conceptualize the fact that the body is very much a separate entity from ourselves. And usually as soon as we see something as separate, we're able to respect it a little bit more. And that's unfortunate in many ways, because of course it would be great if, as we saw it connected to ourselves, we could appreciate it more. But as is human nature, we are often our own worst critics. So I encourage you, as you go through this distinction of, okay, the body is part of my experience, but not who I am, to treat it like you would treat some other living being. Okay, it's, it's hungry, so I will feed it. It's tired, so I'll let it sleep. It is restless, so why don't I go do something physical to give it a chance to get some energy out? And when we build that relationship with our body, we begin to build a greater appreciation for it as our vehicle, while also detaching from it as a part of ourselves. And again, it might feel weird at the start, but like anything, it just takes practice. Likely up until this point, you have addressed the physical body that you live in as your own and you have in your thoughts, in your words, in your actions, just kind of identified in part as that physical body. And so it will take some practice, it will take some repetition to get to a point where it starts to feel natural to say this body and to recognize yourself as separate from it. And it's not the phrase of fake it till you make it, right? I always hated the connotation of, of faking something until, until you can kind of BS your way through it, but rather it's you practice until it becomes a habit. And once it becomes a habit and just kind of your default way of thinking, you might be able to see just how beneficial that alternate realm of thought is when it comes to observing the body, to tending to the needs of the body, and really to honoring it in a way that 
that feels authentic and compassionate as compared to punitive. And that's really the last point that I am going to make today in this little podcast talk is everything that we do for the physical body, let it stem from a place of love. Again, even if that doesn't feel natural at the start, even if that feels so bizarre and so, yeah, just unnatural because you haven't done it before, let your actions be from love. Observe how this body responds through different physical activities and how the mind responds in unison. And from there, maybe you decide, I'm going to do this activity because my body feels good when I do it that way. Or because I know it's nourishing to this body. So an example of that change in mindset would be instead of going to the gym because you ate a slice of cake or something like that, or the whole cake if you're me, um, instead of going to the gym as punishment, instead go to the gym because you're grateful for the physical body that brings you around throughout your life and you want to help it stay healthy and strong, right? In the same way that we walk our dogs and tend to the animals in our lives and we teach our children to be active and healthy because we want them to be active and healthy, let that also be the relationship that you build with your physical body and showing it compassion above all else saying, I'm going to go to the gym because I appreciate this body and I want it to be strong and healthy. All right. So that's where I'm going to leave it today. As always, if you have questions, comments, anything that you just want to throw out there in relation to this specific topic, or maybe in relation to a topic that you hope I address in the future, please don't hesitate to reach out. Thank you. To follow along with my work, you can find me on Instagram at brook underscore being. If you're interested in contacting me for a private yoga or life coach consult, please send an inquiry to brookdavidsonyoga at gmail.com. Thank you for listening.